Adventure Pants is intended for a mature audience. Any views espoused in the following podcast are held solely by the speaker and shouldn't be taken seriously. After all, we're just having fun. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to a spooktacular Halloween special edition of Adventure Pants. Briefly returning from hiatus, perhaps on a semi-permanent basis, that's yet to be determined, but at least this week there will be a show. With me uh, as special Halloween guests are Nathan Aravis and Matt DeSantis. Hello. Joining me to talk about horror movies in a bit. And uh, since I have never told a story on the show, I figured at the very least, if I'm not going to do this all the time anymore, I should get one recorded on here. So there's some, some my own stories to be shared, I guess. <coughs> Excuse me. So this story takes place uh, my senior year of uh, high school. Uh, I was dating a girl who's been mentioned on the show before. Her name was Christine, uh, and we went to a haunted house. Now retroactively or in the in, since going to this a couple times with her i've gone and looked up the place it's called uh bates motel which isn't like a tongue-in-cheek joke the family who runs it is the the bates family and uh it's called arisafa farms it's in pennsylvania so apparently ranked as one of the best uh haunted houses in the country uh by the people who rank those things i don't i don't know who ranks them but they do um but I, I have, give it my two, my recommendation as well. It's worth uh, heading up to, to Pennsylvania. I'm sure they're open through November. So it was actually pretty frightening. What they had was a haunted hayride, a uh, haunted house walkthrough, and then a corn maze. And it's quite expensive. I don't know if it still is. But I remember being like just to the point of, okay, this is too much money for what we're about to do. But it was about probably about the $25, $30 range to do the uh, hayride and the, the walkthrough. And you'd get on this hayride, and it's like a very theatrical thing. They've got, you know, a recording going of an engine, even though you can hear the actual tractor, they have this, you know, like, and you'd roll through these woods that were pretty much pitch dark. There was a path for the truck or the, uh, the hay wagon, obviously. And so we get on this and it's me and Christine. And then I think two other couples and then a girl by herself. So, um, uh, seven. Yes, no seven. But I was going to give everybody fake names, but I realized that was kind of difficult. Um, I'll, I'll just, I'll just two other couples and this girl by herself. So everybody climbs in this hay wagon. There's a bunch of you know other people on it with us. It's probably about twenty, twenty five ish people on this hay wagon. Everybody rings around the outside of it, and then there are a couple of people piled in the middle. So I'm sitting on the outside of this hay ride, and I love this kind of stuff. Like I enjoy a good pop scare like that where they come out and oogity boogity and then go away. I enjoy it. So we're rolling through on this hayride and every so often it comes to a scene and you know the first one was you know maybe you know uh you know a bunch of you know a sane asylum with guys shaking the bars and things like that but you know you roll through and they get a little more elaborate and a little more elaborate there's some audio animatronic things happening and then a really cool one where they had a girl on a wire in like a ghost costume who came swooping down over the top of the uh cart and screaming like a like a demon it was awesome i don't know if it was her or like a pre-recorded sound but this like ah, streaky scary thing and you 
weren't paying attention to it you're looking down waiting for the things to pop out beside you and you hear this noise and you look up and she's like superman swinging down at you like arms flailing or whatever and she stayed you know several feet above the wagon for safety obviously but you know she comes down it was very very cool i'm laughing my head off you know ass off people in the car are screaming "Ah." we go on to the next one and this is one of the most well-engineered scare things i've ever seen I've done quite a few of these events. This was to this day, this this place has some of the best ones I've ever seen. You're looking left as this guy pops out, Leatherface style, chainsaw masker, chainsaw roaring, rah, 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 rah. no blade on it, obviously. But they come down the back of the wagon and they roll that chainsaw bladeless chainsaw across your back. Right. So I'm right on the edge of this thing. He comes down and slashes it across my shoulders, not with any real force, but you know, if someone comes running down, go 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 go, hitting everybody with a chainsaw. It's pretty frightening. So as this happens, we're all turned left watching this, and the people from the other side of the wagon kind of pushed over because they were frightened of, of the guy running around the back. Another guy pops out at this point, so now everyone's attention is absolutely diverted this way. You've lost, you've lost people. You don't know where they are. The guy climbed into the wagon with his chainsaw. It was off. He climbs into the corner and just sat with this chainsaw presumably dangling off the back. I, I, I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. But presumably he didn't have it in his lap, or people would have noticed. So we're rolling along, rolling along, and we're just about to get to the next scene, and suddenly... And he's standing in the middle of the wagon with this chainsaw over his head. Oh, my God. It was fantastic. Someone leapt out of the wagon... <laughs> And like the guy, you know, chased her, and then I assume for safety reasons probably grabbed her and was like, "You're you're gonna die. You have to stop running through the woods in the dark." And shepherded her back onto the wagon. But it was incredible. He just—I don't know if this is a regular thing they do or this guy just kind of rolled with the punches. But he snuck on for the (laughs) (laughs) just a random creep. But he, yeah, he snuck on and just scared the piss out of people. I mean, the, people were talking about that. Like, the whole rest of the ride, people were like, I can't believe that guy got the thing. Did you, got, did you see him get it? No, I didn't see him. The whole rest of the ride, that's all people could talk about. Just a brilliantly engineered scare. So we rolled through, and there's a bunch more things. But after that, it was kind of hard to top that, you know, pop that you got from from this lunatic being there with a chainsaw swinging over your heads. So the, the hayride finishes. We get in line for the haunted house. And uh, they tell you when you're in line, they're like, look, this is frightening. This is more frightening than that. There's a, a wimp door like 10 feet into this thing. So after you get past the first scare, if you're frightened, just leave. Like you can roll right out the back. There's no refund, but you can leave. So seven of us go in this thing, walk through a dark room. And the, the thing that they did was really smart is they covered all of the walls with curtains. So... You're kind of led through this house in a maze-like pattern, but all of the walls are curtain, so presumably there's wood underneath most of them, but some of them is not, and there's holes for people to open the curtains and grab at you, or just stick arms through. So you walk in the first room, and it's very dark, and like there's like you feel brushes on the back of your leg or on the shoulder, and you don't know if it's your you know, I'm, you know my girlfriend's clutching me like parrot like just paralyzed with fear in this first room she's holding on to my arm in front of me is the couple which the, the boyfriend is laughing at all this and the girl is scared like i've never seen before and behind us is the other couple who's laughing and behind them is the girl by herself so we go into the first room and it's the exorcist the girl's levitating on the bed you know doing the whole arms out scared head shake thing 
she rolls her eyes in the back of her head and looks at us and she gives us this kind of like thing. So you're again looking left and then a dude drops out of the ceiling on the other side onto the floor with a big, you know, bang. And he just, well, the girl in front of us just froze. She couldn't move. She was just a statue. And then my girlfriend at the time, so afraid that she couldn't move. So I'm there trying to pick up Christine by the elbows to carry her through this thing because we can't move. There's people stuck behind us. The other three people were with her like, okay, guys, come on. I'm like, they're, they're not, I can't go. There's, she's not moving. So uh, the couple in front of us, the guy picks the girl up like under her armpits and is like walking her down the hallway like a, like a piece of furniture. All her in the lead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Well, buddy <laughs> well it's either that or... To be fair, the only other option was to drag her, I guess. But as you walk down this hallway, it's all curtains. And so, like, every three feet, someone is reaching out and grabbing at you. Like, not in trying to hurt you or anything, but there's just disembodied hands reaching out. So she finally gets her wits back. She snaps to it. And she just starts screaming bloody murder and just goes straight down the hallway to the wimp door. Plows it open with both hands. Like, that thing echoed like a gunshot had gone off in there. Smashes the door open, hits the other wall, and she's off into the night screaming. The boyfriend chases after her. The couple behind us, the the girl's like, uh, I kind of want to leave. The boyfriend's like, no, 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 it's fine. Stay, stay. We'll be fine. And the girl who's by herself is like, this is awesome. <laughs> so we go through and they've got a library scare. They've got a Dr. Frankenstein and his monster scare. They've got, you know, uh, vampires and werewolves. Every room is different. They're all. So wait, is the, the girl, was it Christine who? Ran out the window. No, 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 no. Okay, this, I, no, no, no. Uh, Christine, at this point, with you at this yes, point. but I'm having to carry her through the the attractions because she is just not like Paralyzed. she's shuffling her feet. But I'm like grabbing her by the elbows and pushing her along because the only other option, I guess, is to drag her. And I'm like, okay, we have to. You, you want to leave? I'll keep going myself. No, no, no I want to stay. It was expensive. Okay, well, we have to go. Like you have to keep walking. And then there would be a guy who would come out and go, and she would freeze up again and be a statue there with her arms at 90 degrees and I'd have to pick her up by the elbows and push her along. <laughs> so we're moving scared to scare to scare to scare to scare. The other couple had gotten in front of us because we were moving so slow and the third girl who was by herself was kind of encouraging Christine at this point. Like, come on, come on, come on. Like, come on. And she is just a trooper this whole time. She's not really being frightened. She's not really, you know, she's enjoying herself, but she's not really, you know, it's not getting to her. There's probably about 10 or 12 rooms in this whole thing you're winding through. The last room was like some weird Dr. Moreau thing going on. There was a bunch of guys behind glass, and it was before Saw, but I guess you'd say now there were like Saw-like contraptions, like a guy with his head in a box with a bunch of pointy things, another guy with like his arm all jacked up, and like weird things on him. And they're all behind glass. And so we're walking. Christine finally gets her wits about her, sees we're in the last room, and just is like, all right, I'm going for the door. Like, all right, goodbye. And I'm enjoying looking at all these creatures because it's really, you know, nice effects. So it's me and the final girl who's there by herself. And she's looking at this one guy and he he's he's chained to the wall. And he suddenly runs forward and the chains are broken. And he bangs on the glass. Bang, 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 bang. And we're like, oh, that was good. I thought he was chained to the wall. And then the door slides away. Oh, man. And he pulls a machete off the wall. And the girl screams her head off. Like, oh, God, this guy's... the. And he starts chasing her. So she goes out the door, followed by the maniac, followed by me. And this guy just kept chasing her. 
and she kept screaming and he kept chasing her and she kept screaming and he kept chasing her and she was zigging and zagging through lines and he would zig and zag through lines. He chased her probably 200 yards to the parking lot, just continuously running after her through a crowd of people going 200, you know, zigging and zagging through people, avoiding small children, jumping over stuff, running after her. She finally got to the parking lot, tripped and fell and was like, crying like please stop this and he leaned over and was like happy halloween and ran back to the thing to get charged into the station again it was by far like i've never gone to a haunted house i've only gone to a haunted house thing once or twice since and it's i've never had any experience as fun as that and just really well-timed well-built scares and just absolute hysterical watching other people be frightened to the point of death girlfriend broke up with you probably you probably don't keep in touch with her anymore I'm, I'm i'm assuming no i haven't spoken to her in many many years um yeah that, Matt, I, can't, I can't say i don't think i've ever been to a haunted attraction like that ever with the exception of um they do a haunted train uh in my hometown and we took my niece but it was very very tame yeah this is the opposite uh, of that kind i've of thing. never been to anything and part of that is i just as much as i love horror films and 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 think and halloween and things of that nature i i just cannot stand jump scares and things popping out of yeah. unexpectedly so but um i'm i'm always very morbidly curious about <laughs> about all of these things and 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 how they can go to such lengths without getting i, I guess you have to sign a no, I don't. I, I didn't. I don't recall signing a waiver. I perhaps did, but I don't recall signing a waiver. A lot of them do, just because of the risk of heart attacks. Sure. I think it's more that than anything else. Like people do have heart attacks in these kind of things and die, unfortunately. Right. Um, so I think that's what the main fear of those type of places is. They, I mean, there are many that make you sign a waiver, and I, that's. I would. Just, I think that's more the reason than because I don't think a lot of them grab you or you know hit right. you or. I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's not fun. To. Yeah. I'm sure they. State of Pennsylvania probably has more heart attacks than anywhere <laughs> else because they have like the, the top ten themes. Exactly. They do have a lot of haunted, haunted stuff. I mean, I'm always they've got the ads all over for the one that's in Mountville, yeah, VA, or yeah, that exit. Is that the one that you were that you were at? No, the one we were at is further uh, east than that. It's probably about uh, two and a half hours from Frederick. Okay. okay. It was she, the girl I was dating, lived about forty five minutes away from me, so I had it. You know, it was a pretty. It was closer to her. It was a bit of a schlep for me. Okay. So. Yeah, I've not been to. I've always wanted to go to one of those where, you know, I, I know the one that they've got the ads for in the area have all sorts of different runs. And yeah, they hire like professional actors and actresses from the area. Yeah, I mean they they put a lot of. Uh, oh yeah, it's a big yeah, it's it. a big 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 and uh, industry. Yeah. Now a lot of the farms use it as like a substance of you know primary right. income now. Yeah, I mean I know you know that's this is on a farm that's a working farm. Yeah, the other eleven agri, months a year. What is agritainment? Yes, agritainment yeah, is the word that they use. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never been to Terror Behind the Walls, just the big one in Pennsylvania, the um, Eastern State Penitentiary, which is a supposedly real haunted prison that uh, Al Capone stayed at for a time. Okay. And it's, it's it's six or seven different haunted attractions all in an actual prison, former prison. You could, I, I mean, back when I worked in Hagerstown at the newspaper there, I, I remember going to the prison just being, you know, just... <laughs> They would need nobody in costume whatsoever. Yeah. Just stepping behind those gates was enough to just. Yeah, and this is an old prison too. This is this is back when there was iron bars and not glass and right. and and you know crumbling cinder block. It actually has something that I would. 
be most scared of, but most interested interested to try is they have a completely dark attraction. They give you a flashlight, okay, and that's the only light in the attraction. There's no strobe lights. There's no like you know. Bah, 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 bah. Oh, and then the guy pops out underneath. Sure. It's just flashlights. You're you, and they make and they I, supposedly they separate you a bit from the other group, so you're not because mostly with those things you're kind of forced through at a pretty good pace. So you're right. on top of the next group. So a lot of times you miss scares in those things because the guy jumps out and he's resetting when you walk right. through. And that's what that I was about to ask you about the guy that chased the girl through the parking lot. Yeah. Do you think he was, he had to have been off book at that point in time, because don't you think he would have needed to, to, to set back? When, you you know? would think, but we watched other guys get chased. No one chased anyone that far, but people did get chased out of the arena. I think one guy per thing gets the, I would assume one guy in the room gets the, okay, he, Jim went, now John goes right. or whatever. Uh, there, there's definitely some order to the chaos. That's, that's their treat. That's yeah. their, there's no pay really involved. <laughs> it's just at the end of the night. It's just you get a bunch of lunatics. Chase some, you know. Young female through the parking lot. <laughs> it's a bunch of real creepy dudes. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, they they were a very well run uh, organization, top to bottom, on what I saw. So I would assume it had to be maybe a little off book, but mostly on book, because you know, otherwise the, the guy would have been right. admonished for it. But I mean, he certainly made that girl's night. Well, yeah. it made my night. I don't know about her, but it made my night. No, I'm sure she's still talking about. Yeah, it. exactly. Probably, um, yeah, that's. Uh, they fascinate me. The, yeah, uh, uh, the lengths that those um, attractions go through to to terrify. But. Yeah, there's actually a, a pretty cool show about the guys that do the uh, animatronics and sculptures. For it. I was talking to you about this before we started the show, but it's on a Travel Channel. It's called uh, Making Monsters, and it's a reality show. But it's not one of those like contrived false deadline baloney of like, oh, are we gonna finish in time? We gotta get to San Antonio with it. It's just like okay, this week we're building a giant saw blade, and they had to figure out how to make a giant saw blade, so they made it out of clay, and then they poured it into foam, and it was an attraction where you walk down the hallway, and there's like an eight-foot-in-diameter saw blade that spins, and it comes out into the crowd where the people are, and, and then it, people are all like, oh, my God, and they run past it. Yeah. But it, it cuts to the hallway from like four feet wide to one foot wide. Like There's just a very narrow thing, and then it recedes back in. But they do that. They do you know sculpture of... Uh, creepy pigs or uh, boars, rather. They do, you know, Frankenstein's monster. They do, you know, zombies, all sorts of stuff. But it's it's a pretty entertaining show. And um, if you are into horror stuff, it's just a week a weekly dose of cool horror things being made. Right. <clears throat> just reminded me of on a, on a much smaller scale. <coughs> did, did you guys in your neighborhoods growing up have any of the uh, um, anybody in your neighborhood like make a uh, like a haunted attraction out of their garage? Unfortunately, no. Uh, did you? Do you remember any of that in Walkersville? Not in their garage, but I remember uh, growing up in Glade Town. There was a house on the other, you know, basically there were two streets. It was kind of like a horseshoe. So on the other side, that there was there was always a house where you know the guy would take great pleasure every year in just scaring the crap out of kids. I mean, he was just dressed up as like a vampire, but you would expect it every year. You'd knock on the door and he whip open the door dressed up as just classic Dracula but let out this huge Rah! and we would always go running away screaming but <laughs> yeah I don't recall anybody uh you know doing up their garage as a as a mini haunted house we had a neighbor similar to that that you he was dressed as a scarecrow type thing and he was like you know laying like a scarecrow on the porch and when you knocked on the door no one answered and then he would get up and he frightened me so bad as a child that my mom had to be like 
I don't remember the guy's name, but Jim, you have to stop. Like he's he's really frightened. You have to stop. And and the guy like it's, it's restraining. <laughs> <laughs> he like got on a knee and tried to like console me, but I was still terrified. And I never wanted to go back to that house. It's funny that you we had the exact same setup, and I thought that was unique. But apparently, it's a gag that that that. Uh, it's a good gag. Everywhere. But I do remember the scarecrow on the porch and and going up to the door. And I was with a buddy of mine. Probably we couldn't have been more than ten years old. And. Uh, Right when he, we went to reach for the candy, he just kind of just gently reached out and just tugged on the the, the, the pant leg. Uh-huh. Of, uh, and this is a kid that, you know, he, he was always, uh, you know, he he was no weakling. But I mean, it terrified him to. Uh, it, it was one of the scariest uh, uh, gags that I can ever remember happening. Yeah. But um, yeah, we had a we had a house in our neighborhood with that they would do the uh, black curtains in the garage and that's awesome. Really make one one hell of a production out of Halloween and uh, um, I can remember we tried to emulate that one year with a bunch of buddies of mine um, and uh, we all got costumed up and 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 did various different scenes in the garage like a mad scientist table and 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 we were so you know we had to have been maybe freshmen yeah. Juniors, not juniors, sophomores, maybe in high school, and um, it didn't last that long because a, a lot of the uh, uh, what's a good name for the people that we just didn't like in high school, Matt, the jocks, the, jo- the jocks, the 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 the, uh, the the rednecks, whatever, made short work of our haunted house. They came in, knocked the candy off the table, and we oh, had we had one corpse lying on the table. Oh, yeah, we had a guy that was uh spread out on like a operating table yeah you know um (laughs) and uh so they knock out the candy they take the candy they they go around just destroy things and they punch him in the nuts (laughs) (laughs) as he's laying there on the table i don't remember who it was but i remember I remember just. I shouldn't I, laugh. That's like the most horrible thing in the world. Like sitting straight, you know, <laughs> straight, you know. It was. Uh, it, it was. It, oh. was, uh, it was horrible. People but, in high school are the worst people. They. They are. They. 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 They are the worst people imaginable. Well, middle school is just as bad because you know, a little similar story. Uh, I think we were like in sixth or seventh grade. There were three or four of us that went out because you know you, you can go trick or treating until you're like a senior in high school these days. Yeah. Um. But basically, where we were going up Glade Town, and, and three or four of us, we got uh, we got steamrolled by older kids in masks. And and Keith, you know, he uh, he didn't have the tightest grip on his bag, so they made off with his. Uh, once the rest of us collected our bearings, I remember running down the street a little bit just to see him in the common area, going "Hey!" running after them and, and doing the friendly thing, bolted back to my own house, <laughs> <laughs> to his own devices. So I didn't want mine to get uh, stolen. A, a story to which we were menace on this day, but I remember going into school the next game, day and giving him, you know, about half of my take. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. nice. I, it's funny. I've never heard any stories of the candy thievery or anything until like, you guys. The, that was the only time. We it was just I never I just never happened in my neighborhood. Yeah, it probably helped that I was on the older chunk of kids. There were a couple of kids older than us, but we where I grew up, it was sort of like you could trick or treat until you're about thirteen, and right. then it got and awkward, and you were too cool for it. And then like sophomore, j- junior year of high school, that got cool enough to have like you could go to a Halloween party. Right, that was okay. And then once I got to back to college, everybody went out all the time and got dressed right, up right. and got exactly. drunk. But. uh 
Yeah, the uh, there was there was a, a weird dead period, which I guess protected those kids from getting their candy stolen. Since that probably is the it was probably that that gap of like, oh, this is this is dorky. Those guys would probably be the ones who were stealing candy. Right, right. <clears throat> so uh, I hate to do I hate to do advertisement on a show after I come back from hiatus. I feel like a giant jerk, but as you all know, I don't have a job yet. So if you do sign up. You help me out. Today's show, and as always, this show is brought to you by Audible.com. There are thousands and thousands of ebooks for you to try. Some of the uh, things on there are more in tune with this holiday time of year, and you can get a free one if you go to audibletrial.com slash adventurepants. Audibletrial.com slash adventurepants. You go on there, you sign up. It's a totally free trial for a couple of weeks. If you decide you don't like it, you cancel, and that's it. You don't ever have to worry about them sneakily charging your credit card or anything like that. I've signed up myself and can tell you it's a very easy thing to cancel if you don't like it. So, it being Halloween, uh, something that I found on there very cool, and a book that I very enjoy, very much enjoy, uh, Stephen King's Carrie is on there, and read not by uh, Stephen King, but Sissy Spacek, who played oh. uh, Carrie in the films. Um, I sampled it a bit. She's very good at it. You know, she some actors are very good at the voice stuff and some aren't. She happens to be very talented at it. And uh, it's a great book, one of my favorite Stephen King's. And I believe his first book that he ever wrote, uh, the one that he sold to make his make his right. name, yeah. Yeah, if, I, if I remember correctly. But a really interesting, and it's a little more twisted than the movie was. Not that the movie's not good and twisted. I, it's, I like that movie a lot, but the uh, the book's a little darker and, uh, and, and, and more, more fun to read for it. Uh, I believe you found something else. I did find something, and I, I, I recently, I, um, I'm a big fan of Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan's um, book series of vampirism uh, called The Strain. Yeah, um, I think they're working on a television series. That's yeah, I read that. I think out. HBO. I think I think that's I th- that that sounds right. Yeah, um, I'd read the first two, um, fell in love with them based on on your recommendation, actually. And um, the uh, the first was the strain, the second was the fall, and the third was the night eternal, which I have yet to uh, to buy. So I was, and it's been a long time since it's been released. Yeah, and I was going to I was going to uh, uh, look for that on Audible, and I did, um, but then I realized that the, the that the first chapter, the strain, was actually uh, narrated by Ron Perlman, which is so awesome, which is is incredibly awesome, and. Um, it's been such a long time since I read the first book. I thought before I now read the third, which yeah. you know, I've it's it's been been at least a year. I, I want to revisit the first and kind of get caught up. So um, I'm going to give the the strain a try. And 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 uh, the fact that that Ron Perlman is the the voice behind the book is just makes it that much cooler. So. Yeah, they're great books. I think I, I read an interview where Del Toro said something to the effect of he wanted to give vampires their balls back. That's, and and, and he, he certainly does. They're dark. I mean, it's a dark, scary vampire. Nobody's, nobody, there's no love, in, there's no vampire. And, and even like uh, the original Dracula had, you know, a love element to it where the, you know, Dracula is sort of this seductive guy. And I mean, there's been many, not to shit on Twilight. There's been many vampire uh, books over the years that have a love interest. That's part of always part of the thing with Dracula. He's a, sort of a sexy, charismatic dude, which is why he gets so many victims. But this isn't like that. It's dark. It you know the, the, he might said there is I believe a character who does some seducing, but he does the seducing just so he can do these it, ladies it, in and right, kill them. Maybe exactly. It is uh, and and, and I, I'm 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 excited about uh, uh, revisiting. It is a. Uh, 
character development character development is just spot on it has yeah. a lot of humor but it's like a freight train it's just uh just uh i i don't think i've ever read a book as made my way through a book as quickly as i did with the first uh volume of the strain and 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 left me wanting so much more yeah. so i can throw uh, a hearty recommendation onto that as well it's a great book and like i said you can get either one of those for free as well as thousands of other things so be sure to peruse to your heart's content even new stuff stephen king's two latest books uh dr sleep which is a sequel to the shining and the uh joyland the twisted carney book that i've been looking to pick up also on there and they just came out within the did, past two I... months so they're on there if you'd like it like i said totally absolutely 100 percent free to you and if you do it it helps me out it gives me a little little money in my pocket so I can eat and keep doing podcasts. AudibleTrial.com slash AdventurePants. AudibleTrial.com slash AdventurePants. Go on there, sign up, get yourself a free ebook, and help me out too. That brings us to our final topic of the day. As it's getting close to Halloween time, it's time to drag all those horror movies down off the shelf and check them out. So we all came and got uh, some recommendations for you. We'll try to hit a couple of broad different categories here to talk about some different stuff. Um, uh, one of the, the, the no-brainers, obviously, we started to talk about this before the show. Obviously, you can't talk about Halloween horror movies without talking about Halloween. For me, the pinnacle of all the 80s slasher movies and by far the best of any of the three major, fr- well, four franchises, if you want to throw Chucky in there, you know, the best of all those movies for me is the most well-made movie is definitely that first 1978 John Carpenter Halloween. I, I, I would have to agree completely with that. I think uh, Halloween is probably my top horror film of all time. If it, it, Tied with, if, if anything else, with Jaws. Um, and I, I don't really see those as uh, competing in any way. Um, but, but Although there are some interesting similarities between those two movies. That, that is true. They both do they, share. They both well. They both do sort of uh, play on the same idea of this terror that you can't see is the worst terror. Right. And so uh, it's interesting to watch. I watched happened to watch them relatively close together last year because Jaws came out on Blu-ray and it was. I think it was. It must have. I must have watched it near October for whatever reason. And it was interesting. I had never made the connection before. But uh, Carpenter, whether consciously or not, borrowed a lot of elements of that movie in the like slow burn hiding the bad guy because Michael is in it and then he's kind of not in it for a lot. Exactly. He's sort of lurk he's like he sort of has like the fin effect. You know, he pops up in the laundry and then he's gone. And then he pops up outside a window and then he's gone and he comes in and kills a bunch of people and then he goes away. So it kind of has that sort of build like Jaws does he you know, he much like Bruce the Shark pops in and goes away. Because the shark didn't work, I assume that that, that wasn't the same case with the with Michael Myers. But there is a lot of similar elements to me in those movies that are both really really effective horror movies from that era. Yeah, and it's the whole idea of that, like you say, that uh, what you don't see is a whole lot scarier than what you do. Sure. And uh, and and both movies. Jaws is my horror for the summer. Halloween is my 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 horror film of choice for for this time of year. And both movies, there's not a single wasted moment in in either film. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, Jaws uh, to me is one of the most one of the few movies that I would call perfect. Halloween is close to that. I wouldn't quite put it in the same category, but it's a very good movie. And, and somebody who wouldn't but put it in gonna, that category yes, at all. You can't have a you right can't now. have a podcast. Everybody agrees. It, 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 Matt, it, it, Matt, it, it, Matt is less of a Halloween fan. Uh, 
I am a Halloween fan. I, it's but just not, less, that's all. It's not one of my favorites. Yeah. It's less. But if, if you can stick through the franchise, even getting through part three, then you'll you'll see a, a young uh, and eager uh, Paul Rudd uh, take over that's the range. That's part six, with, actually. Uh, is it in part six? It's part six. Okay, I think he's in five, too. I'm pretty no, sure I, he was in two of them, right? He's, I think he's only in part six. And the reason I know that is because I... Would wa- I've wa- had watched all of them in dribs and drabs, but Part Six had eluded me, and I was too cheap to buy it because I knew it was a bad movie. But it was on AMC's Fear Fest, my sophomore year of college. I set an alarm for three thirty in the morning, and I got up, got myself a drink, made a sandwich, and I sat and watched Halloween Part Six from three thirty to five thirty before going back to bed <laughs> because I had to finish. I had to complete the the thing and boy is it garbage if, if, if i'm not mistaken and matt you can back me up on this um uh part six is the the is, conclusion is, is, is of the thorn the, trilogy but it's the episode that there's a supposedly out there somewhere i, I know i've seen it at different uh comic conventions like um a producer's cut uh, is it a producer's cut or a cut that the fans got together and no, they, that's uh, what and it is they, you're right that's and, what it is um, it was one of those. I, I don't know if it's called Halloween Six 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 or it's one of those films that has Halloween uh, Six 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 is the actual title the film was released okay, as. Okay. Yeah, but there is a fan cut. There is an alternate cut that's supposed to be a lot better. What happened was uh, Donald Pleasance died while they were filming it, and because of that, a bunch of stuff that was supposed to happen couldn't get filmed, so they had to like hack the story up and use what they had filmed of him. Okay, and I believe I believe I don't don't. This may be incorrect, but I believe there's a shot in it that they used this stunt double to complete, like a you know from the back or something like sure. that, from the you know angle you couldn't see. But yeah, he uh, he died during the, it was his last film. Um, but he apparently loved working on those movies, from what I've read that, from a lot of different what, people. That's what I've that uh, he really enjoyed. Well, apparently, it. yes. They all took a breather with uh, yeah three season of the week. Yeah, he, he was only in five of them. Yeah. Well, that's the other. Uh, for me, the Halloween series consists of... I've never seen uh, movies four, five, or six. They, for me, it's uh, the original part two, which I which I hold in, in just about as high as of esteem, and, and part three, which has nothing to do with Michael Myers uh, whatsoever, but it's still a good, campy little one horror of those, film on its own One of those uh, classic, right. misguided, uh, mis- misguided Hollywood exactly. moves. Exactly. But... Um, and, uh, and Although then, and then they were probably kind of visionary, because now what? Thirty years later, we've got like National Land Putin presents or American Pie presents that they put all these direct to DVD crap sequels out under the banner of these names. I guess that was the the precursor to that was Halloween Three. That's right, a non Michael Myers uh, based horror movie. So, but your your slasher du jour is is a little bit different since we're since we're already talking slashers. You were you were you were talking about your your favorite being of of the uh, the Jason Voorhees variety, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, my, my I guess my loyalties are. I mean, once we get into the whole different types of categories of sure. horror films, we'll, we'll get to that. But but yeah, I, I remember just kind of growing up, and I remember on E Street in Frederick, Nick, you know where I'm talking about. There was like a I don't know if it was a Wolf's Furniture, but they would sell laser discs, and I remember going sure. in there with my parents, you know, on a Friday night if they're looking for a new TV, and just looking at all the laser disc covers, and I would always gravitate towards the the horror, you know, movies, sure. and you know, I was always intrigued by. They had that like whole airbrush type art that they would have and, and the first poster would be you know five or six people just standing outside of a cabin smoking but it would all be within the, the shadow of this person with a knife yeah uh, same thing with the the second friday the 13th and you know at the time i had no idea it was just a masked serial killer yeah which you know we didn't get to part three but <laughs> yeah. i just remembered you know that and getting these little video magazines at the house and seeing all the ads for friday the 13th so i'd, I'd never seen any of them until i was i don't know probably still too young to, to really see them yeah but, 
I guess, yeah, as far as the, the better movie goes, of course, Halloween is going to trump Friday the 13th. Sure. You know, but that no doesn't mean it has to be your favorite. But, yeah, but it, but as far as the entertainment value goes, um, you know, you, you had some you had some great cast members in the uh, Friday the 13th movies. I mean, you had Kevin Bacon. He was in part one. Mm-hmm. You know. The old... Uh, throat slit after the sex scene. Yeah. Uh, Stu- I thought he got the arrow through the back of the neck. Uh well he was lying on the bed smoking yeah yeah right he, after, he they okay, had the, was he, it a throat slit I think, or is it a, I think the arrow comes it's one of my, it's a really great gag I think it comes out was underneath his in his yeah. throat yeah okay. I think yeah okay it's a great gag yeah. it's it's one of the it's I mean it's a great it, I will say that the Friday Thirteenth movies and did you have. didn't know that super fan <laughs> they do have like I said before this started I haven't actually watched my favorite movies in some time. But, uh, but, you know, Stu Charno from just one of the guys and in an episode of The X-Files was in part two. Um, they had Tom Savini doing makeup for the first at least couple of those movies. And that he he you can say what you will about him as an actor, but he uh, as a, a visual effects guy was creative in ways to do stupid things to, to people <laughs> or evil things to people with, with his, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead and all that good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, and you had part three which was the whole the whole 3d uh that was when three was first <laughs> the guy yo-yoing so. in your face and the, yeah. the uh the uh pr- the pneumatic not pneumatic the the underwater dart gun what are they called like a like a diver uh, yeah. spear, a gun, spear yeah. gun yeah like yeah, an air a, compressor yeah, it yeah. was above it was yeah he was but above he, sea level when he did that. yeah, yeah but it comes he, right at the camera right the, yeah exactly yes um and, and the eye popping scene that was, is really great great. yeah um yes. I will say though it's funny you mentioned covers. It's it's one of those things that I hadn't uh, in- intended to bring up, but uh, it is it is an overall movie thing that we've you know the Photoshop thing. We just don't have as good covers anymore. But it is a shame. You know, I was just actually recently someone had posted a link online that I saw of just a bunch of Drew Struzan covers, and he's kind of the pinnacle. So you know, it's not really fair to compare to Drew to other things. But you know, the the covers of horror movies in the eighties and, and all that were really way more engaging than the stuff that comes out. Now, everything that comes out now is, you know, a silhouette of a truck or a silhouette of a person or a silhouette of something with, you know, red font on top or yellow font on top. And like, all right, there's your horror movie. Shh, stick that out. Whereas, you know, like ghoulies scared the crap out of me as a kid that these monsters were in a toilet. Coming ghoulies, out of the toilet. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> ghoulies is a terrible movie, but that cover scared me. Your memory, memory, Nathan's probably better than mine, but I remember what, you know, in the early eighties when I was maybe six or seven, the first video store had opened up in the town that we grew up and i know when my when my mom would bring us there to, to go rent movies i would always gravitate to the horror section for that very me reason. too i mean there were so many covers that you know i just remembered i'm not sure why you know it's not like my you know nothing against my mom but i'm sure I, i'm a little bit more neurotic and paranoid but i remember one of the movies that that was pretty much scarred was the the cover for maniac which was you just see the guy from the midsection down holding a bloody scalp in one hand and yes. a knife in the other yes. in the other and i've still never seen the movie but but that the covers alone just just resonate and, and that's what i think a lot of the fridays did for me um and why I enjoyed, and there's a big cheese ball factor. Oh, they're movies. they're super cheesy. You know, that's where Crispin Glover and Corey Feldman both were in part four by Tony those, Zito, and those, that was those that was Corey Feldman sequels are, are as bad as the the uh, four, five, and six Halloweens. Forgive me for hiccuping, folks. I've been fighting the hiccups all night, and they've reared their head again. I can I can honestly say I think the only uh, Friday movies that that I've seen in their entirety are are, are the first, um, Jason Goes to Hell. And the uh, uh, the Freddy versus Jason movie, so I'm I'm, I'm missing. Out. I do need to go back and. Is Jason goes to hell the one where he's in New York? Because that's the most no, fun that's, to watch. That's Jason goes to Manhattan. Jason oh, Jason takes Manhattan. Jason, Jason takes Manhattan. Yes. 
uh, or is it the Muppets Jason Take Manhattan <laughs> featuring Jason? Yeah, something like that. Um, Jason goes to hell was part part nine. Yes, and then you had the Freddy crossover. Yeah, for and ten. Then, uh, I think Jason got the most movies. If I if I remember that correctly, right. I think Jason got more movies than anybody else. And I think part five, New Beginning, probably had. I think, if I recall, the highest body count. Of, of probably okay. just any movie. I, I want to say it was upwards of 27. Most of them were on screen. Not all of them were. But that one, that one, uh, Jason wasn't even in. It was somebody with a uh, hockey mask, but it was a it was a copycat killer. Right, right. Movie. I remember so, that. And then they tried to, they, at the end, it tries to tie in real quick with a spiritual thing, if I remember correctly. There's there's a scene with like a guy in a in a ambulance and Jason's spirit hops bodies or something like that. That's, that's, that's uh, the Jason Goes to Oh. Uh, Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm getting confused. I did watch them all last year. Sorry for kicking you there. I did watch them all last year. Uh, trying to, I had never completed that series, so I w- was doing that. I the last couple of years have been trying to complete these horror series, but uh, I think in the fifth one there was like a dun 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 type moment because yeah. it was you know the, the person doing the killing was the father of one of the people that was at the camp. Okay. So. Yeah, that movie was just wrong on so many levels. Doesn't but. they bring him back to life with lightning at one point in time? That's, doesn't he Jason goes to hell. Jason somebody lives. with telekinesis. Oh, that's right. This, is that, uh, Jason lives uh, is when they bring him back together with the lightning. Um, uh, somehow, yeah, he, he's got some metal rods someone's, going through. Someone's trying to steal. Someone's trying to grave rob him, I think. Is that? It's something along those lines. I just know that, yeah, he had some kind of metal rods to him. There's a storm out. Right. And then part seven is the one where uh, there is a, it's got the, the, the girl who's seeing a, a psychiatrist. You know, they right, wanted right, to get right, away right. to a, you know, a, a quiet type resort. And then, of course, all the college kids are next door. So she's got her boyfriend or, or the love interest or what have you. But I guess there's the shady psychiatrist teaching her how to own her powers or what have you. And, and, uh, but yeah, you know, there's lots of flying TVs and other stuff. Telekinesis so. stuff happening all over the place. Exactly. I, I will speak in defense of Jason 10, the one in space. Cause I think that is a fun, fun, fun movie to watch. It's bad. It's bad. It's not a good movie, but it is fun from beginning to end. I've never seen that one. It is awful. Hanging it is my head aw- in shame, right? It now. is awful, but it is fun to watch. It has this silliness, that is sort of aware of and it's uh you know it's stupid the premise being that jace jason's regenerative ability is something that scientists need to study in the future so they bring him uh, bring his body aboard this lab and then of course he gets waken up but it's got some really inventive deaths i mean a woman's head gets dipped in liquid nitrogen and then shattered into a million pieces and jason pulls some weird medical uh autopsy thing out that looks just like a machete and he's using that it's it's fun. I will give Jason X the credit for at least having the stones to be silly and fun and kind of fly in the face of the seriousness of those movies. Not that they're super serious, but this is a diff- different direction than, than any of them have taken. But uh, since since we just talked slashers, uh, how about uh, personal favorites, uh, guilty pleasure types, ones that you know might not be on other people's lists or you know uh, or anyone's list, but one for you is, is a must visit this time of year. <laughs> Me first, so, so I, I, I guess, you know, I'm not sure what order we want it to do these, but uh, you know, a lot of my favorites are are from the the 70s. Well, we can maybe save those for for later on. Um, I also like a lot of, I guess, those horror movies that were, I guess, had a lot of like Canadian production type firms. They would be some of the Jamie Lee Curtis movies after Halloween, like Terror Train. Um, yeah, she went Palm on a big. Night. She went on a big run. It was all. 
Canadian produced at that time. Yeah, those were all, they were kind of like Halloween knockoffs. And yeah. some of them, maybe not prom night so much. Leslie Nielsen was in that one, just probably naked gun fans. <laughs> um, but Terror Train, which I know we've discussed before, is really good. Uh, um, David Copperfield was in it playing uh, a magician. Um, but as far it's kind of like you knew who the killer was before they all got on the train, just based on the the initial sequence. But you didn't know which character because it was always switching masks and whatnot. And then the actual, uh, I guess, the reveal, the climax. It it was pretty clever for um, a low grade uh, or a B grade type movie. Sure, so sure. some of those Canadian films were were pretty good. But as far as just wacky, like as far as cheesy, I'd have to say, and this one is ripe for a remake. So. Should all put pens to paper after this, but uh, Chopping Mall, aka Killbots, <laughs> from around 1986. Yes. Uh, if everybody knows that one, it was just yes. a, a group of, of teenagers who spent the night in a mall, which was, I guess, had this high tech security system for no reason whatsoever. Pretty much, it's and a it's a dirt mall in the suburbs that has these like million dollar robots, robots patrolling. There it were for, three of them. Yes, yeah, for so, no reason. There's nothing valuable in that. Entire mall. It's a furniture store. Yeah, yeah well, well it's, a, it's a mall. They just decide to hang out. You know, their, their home base is, is the furniture store so they can make out in the beds and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, and, it's know, really they, kind they of weird, on... too, because, like, they're... Their big goal is to sneak into this furniture store to fool around, but they're all going to be in the same store fooling around. And I've been in a furniture store. It's not like the beds are divided. It's just a big room. So they're all going to just awkwardly be around six feet from their yeah. friends it's a very strange con- and most of those beds anyway were always like half the size it was yeah. just a sample but yeah still that movie opened up the whole notion of like wow that would be just fantastic to be able to you know to, to not break into but if you knew somebody that could get get you into a mall sneak in and, you know play hide and go seek or whatever but sure just, sure just without the uh, the killer robot element, but thank God that was back when I guess they allowed uh, gun stores or sporting goods stores at the mall. So yeah. luckily that was just one floor, not two floors. I think below them. Um, but it, yeah, it was it was ripe for a, a remake. Now I think the poster for that one was pretty misleading because if I recall, it had like a it had like a bag with a whole bunch of severed body parts in there. But the movie was so not violent at all. I think that the robots essentially shot laser beams at people and then after it killed him would be like thank you have a nice day if <laughs> i recall correctly the robot the that movie was uh created and conceived and created under a different title and then chopping mall was added on on home video Killbots was the yeah, uh I yeah think the, the yeah and that that title. whole poster and everything came after the fact that guy who directed that kind of dabbles in softcore pornography and I can't remember his name, but there's a very fascinating documentary. I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but it's called Papatopoulos, like Papa Top, like as in take take mm-hmm. your top off. The guy is this prolific director of like Z grade horror movies that are essentially softcore pornography that get played on HBO and Showtime and those as like late night fillers. And he's like absurdly prolific to the point where. Uh, in the documentary they talk about at points HBO was like I don't want any more movies from this guy like you've sold us 20 movies from this guy in the last two years I'm sick of seeing his name I don't even care about the movies I just don't want to see directed by whatever his name I think it's like Greek but I forget I forget the guy's name but if uh, if, if Papatopoulos is still out there it's it's a fascinating one of those documentaries that looks at a person who's sort of mentally not on the same baseball field as everybody else (laughs) yeah it doesn't surprise me yeah he he in the movie he's trying to film an entire movie in three days so like the whole thing is going to be done in three days. It's like a, a witches of something or other type knockoff. But Papatopoulos is by that chopping mall director. So I, I had to I had to throw that in there because it is a very fascinating documentary. If not not great, but fascinating. 
Yeah. yeah. I'll have to look into that, though. Yeah, I would I would recommend. If you can find it, it's it's worth your hour and a half. I'd have to say one of the other notables, um, as far as ones that we like to watch to make fun of. I mean, I think because of the title, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, was always one of sure. people's like, but that was like one of the most obvious choices. It was okay, but um, the first Sleepaway Camp... Um, it wasn't just a straight slasher type movie. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was really disturbing in its own right. Um, I think it was, I don't know if it was a brother or sister or just a girl that went to a sleepaway camp and you just had like, your basic bullies that you encounter, but then all these deaths would happen along the way. But some of the flashback scenes with, uh, the, the girl, I guess, growing up were, were pretty bizarre. And I think the it's a strange was, movie. Yeah. Was that, it was a dude after all or something like that. Or maybe yeah. I reversed it, but it's it's sort of a crying game thing going on there. Yeah, but I know back in uh, the lazy summer days of the mid-90s, me and a group of friends, whenever we weren't working or doing anything more productive, we would just rent all like the, the most lowbrow horror movies um, and just you know spend the afternoons watching them and make fun. It would be like kind of our own uh, mystery science theater. Type right, right, It's not like right. we enjoy them. It was just... You know, I just remember countless hours of just laughing at the absurdity of most of these movies. Um so, what are some of your guilty pleasures, Nathan? Uh, if we're going to do guilty pleasure, I didn't even bring that list along, but I was uh, trying to think of it. I have to think you can, you can pull I a do, couple of them I do have a out. couple of guilty pleasures. The, the one that pops to, uh, springs to mind is something that I first encountered during the AMC uh, Fear Fest or Fright Fest or whatever they call it at like 3 in the morning. Um, one weekend, it, um, it's a little movie called Motel Hell. Really uh, with uh, which stars I have absolutely uh, one of the old uh, I think the, the the lead is one of the old cowboy stars from the from the from the fifties who who is playing very against type in in this film but it, it also stars uh, a very young uh, Cliff from Cheers as that's one right, of the that's right. I think a biker that uh, ends up at the yeah mercy oh, of the the farm that's a perfect uh, example of one of those movies not to not to cut you off there but the, jump in on that there's that's one of the examples to me of the movies that have a, a small goal to achieve, but just crush it. Like, they're not trying to hit a home run. They're trying to hit a nice double, and boy, do they hit a nice double. You're absolutely right. It's and it's well executed. It's well shot. It doesn't try to do big things, but it does, doesn't need to. It does all the things it tries to do. It does, and and, and among those things being a chainsaw battle at the end with a, yes. a farmer wearing a, a pig... A whole head of a, a pig. A whole head of a pig. Yes. It's uh, not even a mask. It's literally a whole pig head strapped over his own. But it, it, it is the epitome of guilty pleasure, I think, just that. that and, and the other that I, I would uh, choose is something that um, is a movie called Shocker by Wes Craven, uh, which which had a young Peter Berg who's now gone on to directing. He did, uh, uh, he did Friday Night Lights, the movie, and mm-hmm. he did... Uh, 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 what's the one with Jamie Fox, the, the the military there in Afghanistan? Um, do you know that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, um, Kingdom. Uh, the, the, the I think it's just the Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he's a he's a he's an acclaimed he's, he's Oscar type guy now. Exactly. But, yeah. And uh, but he was he was the uh, the lead. Uh, it's a Wes Craven movie about high schoolers that are uh, fighting a, a force of nature in the in the form of uh, Mitch Pleggy from Skinner from the Skinner X-Files. from the X Files who who plays a convict who. Who dies at uh, who who is uh, executed in electric electric chair or one of the extended family members of the brother Winchester brothers on Supernatural? That 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 is true. Mitch Pelleggi. That is true. Yes, he later. I believe their grandfather. I believe he, he plays their he, grandfather. He had, the, when I first saw that movie, I didn't. Uh, I hadn't watched the X Files yet, and uh, he completely sells that. Uh, just 
tyrannical, evil, you know, yeah. uh, uh, skinhead uh, role. And it ter- I mean, Mitch Pelegi is the best part of Shocker me, but, by by a uh, wide margin. Yeah. Not the cho- not the Shocker's unwatchable or anything, but Mitch no, Pelegi's no, performance is he is acting in a movie that's not on the page. It's just like everyone else is acting in a different mood. And normally that's a criticism, but it's not. It's just he is doing such a better job with the crap that he's given than anyone else in that movie is. And it's just befuddling. They're like, no one else is doing anywhere near this level. And he's just going for You're broke. Right. And the and the movie it, it, the movie it's all over the map. It's Wes Craven dealing. He toys a little bit with his you know his dreamscapes and the fact that the uh, you know that the the the, the uh, Peter Berg can can encounter this 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 demonic force in his dreams. And it also has you know uh, once he's killed in the electric chair, he can start to take over a uh, you know anything that he is like powered by into, electronics. Uh, yeah, he leaps and, into actual into becoming electricity sets. at some point. Does it, he not? He does. He does. He yeah. can go through the uh, the outlets. It's the movie he, is he, all he, like over explodes the map. out of an outlet or a television i remember him coming out of something with he, he comes out of the outlet he takes over uh back in the, the the late 80s early 90s they had those um well i guess they still do but the the massaging chairs that yes. you had, he turns into a yes i remember uh, that uh, so i remember that so as it well. had a little bit of uh freddy krueger yes it was like a like a uh a, a very z-rate freddy krueger yeah. type but I never saw that. Movie. I'd say that's probably Craven's oh, best would, non nightmare you have movie. To see it. You would you, it would definitely be on your uh I, I would say that's probably Craven's best non nightmare movie. Yeah, I would have to agree. Not that that, that list is long. That that yeah. It's that and music of the heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's a shocker. Uh the the two I'll throw in there, uh then these are both more less horror movies, but you know, sort of horror comedies, but uh t- the movie that I'll champion until the day I die, uh Dance of the Dead is a little indie movie made in 2008 the uh the kid who starred in it is was uh last year was on a show on mtv but it's just like uh motel hell it doesn't have ambitious goals it has it has it has a modest goal for itself and it just achieves it at every step and yeah it does recycle some tropes you've got your jockey type you've got your outcast type you've got your you know number one girl uh you know uh prom queen type a personality and it does use some of those tropes but even under that trope face, it just has fun with the zombie genre, which is something that a lot of the zombie stuff doesn't do. And not that that's necessarily bad. You can make a good, serious zombie movie. But I came to it at a time, and I love zombie movies, but I came to it at a time when I was kind of frustrated with the seriousness of it, and it was like this beautiful palate cleanser at a time that I desperately needed one. And I just, every year, I try to turn more people onto that movie. I uh, Reddit does a Christmas exchange and the kid I got in my a random kid I'd never met before in California um, was uh, said he liked horror movies in his profile. And I was like, I'm buying dance of the dead. And I got an email from him later. It said how much he enjoyed it. And I'm like, yes, I got another one. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and you let me borrow that movie. Yeah. And the thing I loved about that movie the most is that the, the, the kids actually seemed like, Real kids. They didn't. Uh, yeah, almost none of them were prof- n- professional actors. That, that's what I, I think. I remember that from one of the um, uh, one of the special features. But everybody came across as an actual high schooler and not somebody that was out trying to, uh, you know, make a name for themselves or be. It, and they're thirty five or whatever. It, 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 right. Um, yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a nice little um, horror flick. There's no question about yeah, it. Yeah. It's. It's just a fun. It's a fun movie to watch. I. It's on IFC. Oh, excuse me, IFC in pretty good rotation now. You can catch it there. Uh, the other one I'll throw out, I, I was kind of waffling whether this should be uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which I love, but uh, another one that's kind of unsung that also kind of goes for that cheesy elements is called, 
uh, Jack Brooks Monster Slayer, and that kind of hits the same spots that uh, the third Evil Dead does. Also start Robert England as a professor, chewing scenery like Robert England can only do. But uh, it's sort of this unlikely hero rising from the the obscurity type of thing. Uh, it's a, just another fun, silly, it's all practical effects. There's no CGI monsters. Small budget movie, but a small budget movie that has, again, modest goals and achieves them. And sometimes that's all you need to do with a horror movie. You don't you don't always have to swing for the moon. I mean, if you can have a nice, solid, executed movie that doesn't try to do too much. Sometimes that's as commendable as anything else in an era where there's lots of gobbledygook where people try to fill in the gaps in their bad screenplay. It was CGI. So that, that to me, is another one of those ones that just sets out to do exactly what it... Uh, what it uh, wants to do even though those goals are kind of modest what are uh, what are some of the other ones you guys wanted to throw out for a discussion just anything a, ca- a wild card category as you were some other uh some other ones if we haven't gotten to anything on your lists and sorry again for hiccuping every five seconds i, I think i just put down a uh, when i came over i i just wrote jotted down a list of the the five that i try not to go without during the halloween season not not necessarily my favorite horror movies but just sure. movies that i watched through the month of the well we're crazy so through that throughout the month of september and 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 october but um we touched on halloween and um uh, i'm a big evil dead fan so obviously i had to pick one of the three and i had to go with army of darkness but um the others on my list would be um i I know this is a favorite of yours trip is monster squad uh fred decker movie who also did night of the creeps um, also uh, a really fun movie yeah another one i i was trying to just narrow down the list i mean those two are both really campy fun films but as far as the halloween season it brings all the classic universal monsters together and and pits them against like a goonish uh tribe of kids and and it's just um, a a great film i've said this before but what i want to see remade more than anything in the world is monster squad but with a twist i want to see monster squad where instead of being dracula and the wolfman and drac or uh the frankenstein monster and the mummy i want to see uh, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, the Holy Trinity. Yeah, and then even if you want to throw Chucky in there, you want to round it out. I want to see that movie so bad. And the beauty of Monster Squad is they did it without a license. None of those characters are licensed from Universal. True. They just gave Stan Winston the go-ahead to go, we sort of want that, so get us at the ballpark. <laughs> yeah. And that's what he did. And it was parody because it's a comedy, so you don't have to worry about being sued. I want to see somebody go for gusto and do a bunch of kids fighting off. Now, Freddy makes it complicated with his into and out of the dreamscape thing so i would bring freddy into the real world as just a guy with the claw hand maybe both of them are claws because you got to be just slightly yeah, different yeah. i would i would be i would pay money right now i'll give you my ticket admission <laughs> money right now if you, if you can promise me that movie by 2015 i'll give you the 12 bucks right now i'll go up to 15 i'll give it to you right now i think that would be a blast you get a fun kid roster together one old guy like you got to get um tom uh What's his name? Tom. Uh, Savini? No, uh, the, the uh, actor who was in uh, Halloween 3 and uh, uh, Bloody Valentine 3D, <sighs> the remake. Tom. I know, I know who you're yeah, talking I, about. You said my bloody Valentine. Yes. He's an older actor. Somebody like that from... Tom the... Skerritt. Yes. Damn. No, that's no, not Tom Skerritt. Not Tom Skerritt. No, Skerritt. not Tom Skerritt. No. Is it Saxton? Sexton? No. It's, one of you grab the box. It's up there. My bloody Valentine 3D is on the top shelf. I have to get this guy's name. But that's what I want to see so bad. I think like that's what we miss now is like kids' movies that don't suck. You're right. <laughs> 
You're right. There's some good animated movies made, but there's no fun movies made like aimed at children like Goonies and that. Like these adventure romp movies with kids. Like they tried to do it with that Journey to the Center of the Earth, but but uh, you know it's just it's annoying to me that they didn't that these movies don't get made anymore because they're fun to they're fun to watch. Frankly, I don't I don't understand why uh, why they don't get made anymore. Like that. I don't know. I guess the market's changed enough that it doesn't exist. But that, that's the movies I grew up on: Goonies and you know, Monster Squad. Before, but it just blends everything so perfectly. We introduced it to our uh, seven-year-old, and 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 he uh, he love he loves it. It's and, and it is it, it's mildly frightening. It's nothing yeah. that. Uh, but I mean, uh, uh, he's it's a def- big. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's it's definitely PG thirteen because yeah, we watched it, it, it last year, and I was it wasn't actually. The scariness factor was actually in our case just some of the language. Of the I was language just like, "Wow, ever. this!" I thought PG thirteen back in nineteen eighty seven was yeah. I just thought it would be pretty tame, but Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. Okay. Tom Atkins. Well, they could get Tom Scarrett too. So. <laughs> but just it doesn't have to be Tom Atkins, but somebody like that. No, somebody- it has to be Tom. If you're out there, free up your schedule. We have work for you. I just I I can't imagine that there's because that's a movie that you're gonna get the horror nerds to come out to see. If you make it PG thirteen, you're gonna get the kid audience out there because it's a different twist on a horror movie. But you have to make it fun to watch. That's the thing. It's like it can't it can't be all out scary. And and you're talking about yeah you know my or, uh, uh, the Monster Squad does have some language in it, but I also think that twelve and thirteen year old kids drop the f bomb oh, a lot. Oh, for sure. So I mean, my, I'm looking at you, you don't know, want to show it to a six year old. Six and, and you know three. Sure, sure. The only problem with that concept, I think, is being the age that we are to see a, a remake of that. But you know, having the caliber of Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, yeah. Freddy, Leatherface, whatever, doing that in PG thirteen. I, I know you'd want to capture that audience. Yeah, but I know for the older fanboys, it would be. Great I to think see. I would be perfectly fine with seeing a bunch of like middle schoolers go up against them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think you could pull it off. I think you could. You just have to show that you just have to have the deaths off screen. I think would be the the real key there is you have to you you, you can't have them knocking heads off but you can get pretty dark on a, on a I mean if and you could even go and I'm not sure I exactly are you saying that those characters specifically or are you saying like they did with Monster Squad same thing in Monster Squad uh, that that it's it, it, it's, it's, it's a facsimile of, yes. of what these yeah. what these you icons could you could never license those icons right. so you have to be kind of cute about it but I I I would like I said I'll give you the fifteen bucks right now I want to see that movie. Bad. I would definitely be, uh, you know, Freddie, right Jason, on. and and they're not fighting each other; they're working together because they all want to kill these kids. And they're these, you know, bunch of dorky horror nerd kids. I mean, the dorky horror nerd kid is more big today than it was when they made Monster Squad, with you know all the internet resources for horror stuff. I, that to me is the movie that is. Des- I love Monster Squad, but it could easily be remade. It's not a great movie. I, I think they, I, I think they, uh, they've been talking about a remake for a while now. I don't know if they've, uh, they've, they've gained any ground there or not. Yeah. There was uh, a lot of talk when it was released on Blu-ray finally and all that stuff. But yeah, that, that to me is the, the movie that, that will one, I don't think it'll ever happen, but boy, I would love to see that. Yep. Uh, that's, that's my, that's my dream as a, as an updated monster squad for 2013. The, um, the other, I have on my list and then I'll pass the mic. I have a couple more, but I, I won't, uh, uh, I, I won't belabor the point, but um, along those lines, uh, the, the other one that, since it's probably the only th- film that's going to be brought up tonight that's pre nineteen seventy five, I love the. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the 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 Universal, the classic Universal monsters, and and there's too many to even uh, uh, go into right now. But the one that that does a really great job of bringing them all together 
is a comedy. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is probably one of my all-time favorite movies, and it, it's it's it, it's it's scary. It's funny. Uh, it has you know those 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 two leads doing what they do best, and it also has Bella Lugosi as Dracula and the and the Wolfman, and I um uh, all of those icons coming together, and it's um it's just a uh, it's for me it's just really puts me in the mood for Halloween whenever I I, I put that in the DVD player. So the one I'll throw into this pile of uh, of extra stuff. Uh, while you guys are transitioning, Mike, there, uh, Trick or Treat is a movie that kind of languished in release hell after being made for several years, but uh, just a really solid, uh, oh, God, I just, the word left my head, horror compilation? What's the... What's Compl- the compilation. Compilation. Anthology. anthology. That's the word. Uh, one of them. Yeah, yes. The anthology is what I was looking for. Uh, it's, 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 he couldn't get the Kevin Bacon has the arrow coming out of his neck, not his, not his ear or whatever the hell he said, but he can get anthology. Eh, slit. I love a good horror anthology, and unfortunately a lot of the ones that have come out lately, VHS 1 and 2 and the ABCs of Death, I find are pretty dreadful. But Trick or Treat tells four little stories really 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 well tells a good ghost story tells a good slasher story tells a good you know uh werewolf story and uh another like psychopath that lives next door but it tells all these stories really well connects them in a way that's fun and believable and it's just a really excellent movie that it saddens me to this day that it didn't get a proper release out in theaters because it it would be talked about as one of the best of this era in bigger circles than than the 57 people who saw it on blu-ray have you seen that one matt you let me borrow it. Okay. okay. I let you borrow it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I still have it? I'm a big fan of it. I have to uh, just, my, it, it is a really underrated little gem, and and, and the, the character of Sam has, um, the little the little devil child, I don't know yeah. even what you would call I believe, him. I think the, the little... pronunciation of that word is supposed to be Saw Wayne, but it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, and they make the character as Sam Hain as two words. Yeah. 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 Um, but really, really, just a solid movie. Were you going to add another one? I was cutting you off there. Oh, I, I just another movie that's kind of a a little bit of a '80s classic. Um, so it kind of in the vein of, of Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth, and, and probably more on the cheesier side of uh, the Friday Thirteenth. But also directed by I think it was Tony Zito who did a movie called The Prowler, um, which was filmed in, in Cape May. New Jersey, okay. a classic from about I lose that use that term loosely <laughs> around nineteen eighty one or eighty two, and it, it told the story. It was, it was basically a seaside town. Um, it had the the World War Two references, you know, the Dear John letter. I, I guess there was uh, somebody who was you know, fighting overseas for a country whose whose sweetheart was breaking up with him mm-hmm. for for somebody that was at home. Um, and I guess he went after the girlfriend. I don't really recall, but then fast forward to, to today and it was another, you know, the college spring formal and there was a guy wandering around and, you know, his army fatigues going around and, and <laughs> offing the, the, you know, all of the uh, fraternity and sorority folks. Um, but it was, it was pretty, you know, Friday the 13th for, I mean, for being graphic, it was probably about as graphic as, as that, which, you know, that they had some pretty, pretty decent uh, bloody special sure, effects. Sure. But I, I know it was, it was one of those deals where they had a, you know, the old, you know, old sheriff in the town was, it wasn't Arlie Ermey, but, but somebody like him, you know, one of the old military types is like, well, nothing's going to stop me from my fishing trip this weekend, you know, so I don't care if these kids are having this party, but I'm going on my fishing trip, you know, made sure to say that sporadically throughout the movie before he disappeared like halfway and then it was up to, to deputy dog to, to kind of save the day 
Um, but yet, you know, the Arlie Ermey guy was the, the only guy in the movie that was 70 years old other than the <laughs> dean that got killed, you know, yeah, halfway yeah, yeah. into it. So, you know, scratching your shin, geez, I wonder who the killer could be. <laughs> so, so sure enough, you know, he didn't go on his fishing trip after all. So I, I don't recall. That was one of the first movies that I streamed on Netflix when I got it a, a couple of years ago. I, I don't remember what the connection was to you know, back in the 40s versus, you know, the early 1980s. I'm sure there was a very vague one, but uh, it was kind of an underrated gem. Kind of goes into, it wasn't one of the, the Canadian theme type movies, but it kind of falls within that, right, you right, know, second that rate, that lost Halloween type genre that, you know, a lot of people aren't familiar with. But yeah. uh, it is a pretty good one. I was going to wrap it up, but I'll throw this one last thing out there. We're about an hour and seven, but if you've been listening this long, you can listen to five more minutes. Is there one that comes to mind for you guys as where you're in the minority, it's universally beloved and you just don't get it? You just don't, you're not a fan. One that uh, gets talked about, you know, in circles as being these great horror movies, but for you, it just does nothing for you. I'm, I think that I'm going to have to. I would have to go with The Exorcist. I, 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 I don't know. Am I stealing your thunder? Because, it's okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 there was so much. I probably saw The Exorcist for the first time when I was in high school, and so there was a lot of. Um, I did a lot of reading about horror films. I'm just that. I'm a horror film nerd, and 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 uh, so I, there was all this hype surrounding this movie, and uh, I watched it. And I'm not saying it's a bad film by any stretch of the imagination, but I just don't get the 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 adoration for it worldwide. Um, it, given my can I say druthers? Is that going to yeah, age me? Given my druthers, um, I'm a big fan of The Omen. I, 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 I we love The Omen. I, I, we try to my wife and I try and watch that every year. That's that we just think that's a really well executed film. And I, it, to me, it stands heads and shoulders above uh, above The Exorcist. I just don't. I just don't get it necessarily. Yeah, and I, I, it's interesting because I I come from a later. I'll talk about something else since you talked about The Exorcist. But to touch on that, I obviously came to The Exorcist well after the movie was released, and I had stayed away from it because I, I, you know, my, it's one that my mom talks about going to see that in the theater and not wanting to sleep for days. And I think for me, it's a double the combination of not being very religious myself. That religious iconography doesn't do a whole lot for me, and the other factor being. Um, you know, by the time I had seen it, I'd seen all of the gags. I'd seen uh, that Leslie Nielsen spoof movie. Like it, we used to run in Comedy Central's. Uh, it was the only movie they had the rights to, I think, from 1997 to 1999. So I had seen all the gags of the movie done before I then spoofed, and it just for me like there's some good performances in it, and there's some really nice you know uh, shots, and and it's well you know put together that way but that plus 70s pacing like that's a movie that's two and a half hours long or about that and could easily be done in 90 minutes without losing anything from the atmosphere or the performances there's just a lot of people standing around looking at a girl tied to a bed (laughs) like there's 20 minutes of like i bet if you cut it together if you did a super cut there's 20 minutes of people looking at reagan in bed like just your mother sucks cocks in hell like there's there's definitely a lot of standing around looking at her uh, the one for me that uh, again, this you know, it's it's probably a thing of an era. I like a lot of Hitchcock movies. I think The Birds is still a really good movie, and you know, some of the effects are a little dated, but dated or not, a lot of those shots hold up really well. Uh, I the new uh, movies that came out allege that that's because Hitchcock was not very nice to Tippi Hedren. I don't know if that's true or not, but apparently that's part of that supposedly. But Psycho leaves me wanting in a big way. And I found out uh, after watching it twice to see what the, you know, the, all the deal was about that apparently he made that as a 
test for himself with his television crew, the Alfred Hitchcock Presents folks, trying to see, can we make a movie with this budget and crank it out this fast and still make a lot of money on it? And the answer was yes. But, uh, you know, that's a movie that feels like it builds up to one good scare to me. It's a one. It's a kind of a one scare, one note thing. Whereas he has all this depth and range in a lot of his movies. You know, not to keep harping on the birds, but I think the birds is a great movie. Birds is a great movie. Yeah. Great performances, well shot, well executed, well effects. And Psycho just feels like cheap and hurried to me the whole time watching. It. Even as a kid, when watching it, and yeah, I had had the mother thing spoiled for me because you know that's hard to miss. It's you know spoofed in cartoons and pop culture all over the place. But that was one for me. I finally got to see it. I was a little. I was a little disappointed. As with the extra. Do you have one you'd like to add? I, I'd have to agree. I, I probably wouldn't have thought of it until you said it, but Psycho. I mean, I remember seeing that when I was eight or nine. Um, and again, it, it's been a while since I've seen it, but you have your lead actress get killed an hour into it. Yeah. And and the whole notion, you know, the, and I guess I was spoiled or spoiled by the, the, the whole twist or what sure, have sure. you, but it all played out more like a, to me, like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Um, That's more a good than, analogy. Than than just groundbreaking uh, films. And so t- it just t- left me a little underwhelmed. Yeah, and it also reads almost more like a crime thriller than a horror movie to me. Yeah. There, there's so much about the money and the whole thing with that. The shower scene is iconic and, well, I mean, the, the, I will say nothing derogatory about the shower scene. It builds tension, and you know it's coming, and she doesn't, and that's something that filmmakers have stolen f- for free freely that that idea of like let the audience have a little bit more than the characters sure. and that's great that scene is wonderful but a lot of that movie and there uh, I, I guess I, I also give credit to a couple other scenes there's some nice tense moments in that movie but overall the whole overall product as it's called a classic and for me it just it wouldn't rank on that list you know how we're always talking about the movies that that you pretend uh to have seen or yeah you lie about yeah you lie until your friends you've seen yeah I've seen. I will say this. I've seen the beginning of Psycho and I've seen the end of Psycho, but I haven't seen what's in the middle. And I only know the shower scene by reputation because yeah. you know all these uh, AFI top one hundred sure, Bravo. Sure. You know they always. I've seen the shower scene. I've yeah. not just have not seen it in context. Sure, but uh, uh, like you say, the build up to one good scare. I think I was five or six, and we were at my grandmother's house, and and the TV was just on for background noise in the background, and, and it must have been running. You know. Uh, on on just basic you know a basic network station i happened to wander into the room at the time that the mother's chair turns around and it's just the and and that did it, yeah it it it, wor- it worked for me sure yeah yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, i actually yeah. had that spoiled for me in line in universal studios there was an alfred hitchcock experience that would kind of show you how they did some of the photography tricks to do uh like the guy falling down the the shaft of the the bell tower in vertigo and some other things they kind of give you a tour behind the magic and as you're waiting in line for it there's never much of a line because there's other rides in the park <laughs> but uh my mom and i went on i think i was kind of like just at that age where i was starting to get interested in film as a thing not just you know these yeah, are entertainment value. yeah yeah exactly like uh, you know the kind of the, the interest in film as a medium and uh we were we were in line for it and she got really mad because it's just it take it's just the only scene from psycho is that one and and she was furious. Like, she was really upset. They're like, what the hell? Why would they ruin this movie for all these people? And I was like, well, I guess most people have seen it if you're going to get in line for this. But she she was not happy with that being shown. But that that was spoiled for me well before I had seen Psycho in an attraction about Alfred Hitchcock, which you think would have some reverence for the man and his, his talents. But instead, they're like, oh, here's all the major end scenes from his films. Hope you've seen them. Suck it. <laughs> I think that's going to wrap it up. Thanks, both of you, for uh, coming and hanging out. Did I cut you off? Oh, no. We we haven't gotten to all-time favorites yet. 
I thought that was the first one we did. I'm sorry. Go I ahead. Know. I don't know. Did we? Did we go go for it. Go for it. What, did you, you do all of yours? Um, I had one left. I think. <laughs> I okay. Go for it. Go for it. Let's hear it. Okay. So, as far as all-time favorites go, um, I, I really enjoyed a lot of films from the '70s because it seemed like you know back in the '50s and '60s it was all kind of extensions of the Universal type creatures. Sure, sure, just, sure. Guy in a rubber suit. Yeah, monsters by radiation or what have you, and, and prior to the dawn of the '80s slasher flicks. So here you, you had where. You know, I don't know if it was you know a combination of the cinematography, the f- fact that the the plots were a little bit more more credible. I mean, they were kind of plays on you know typical haunted house type stories. Um, but I'd have to say that uh, the ones I enjoyed the most were uh, The Shining, um, which everybody knows is in f- familiar with. Uh, Burnt Offerings, with okay. Karen Black. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. I haven't. Oliver Reed. It, it's a really good. It's not so much a haunted house story, but that the house is alive okay. and it feeds off of. I feel like it's People's, on Netflix right now. It, Nathan said it just went off. Oh, okay. I didn't okay. know it was on there, but uh, okay. I thought I saw the title recently. It kind of feeds off people's humiliation and anguish. Okay. So it starts out with this dilapidated mansion and this family three moving to help take care of some elderly lady that that's living there. Um, it was, you never really see this crazy lady who's in the you know in the attic and the whole time. Every time somebody's hurt, you know the house just regenerates a little bit. Later. Okay. And, and by the end of the movie. You know, the house is just this pristine mansion, so it's definitely okay. worth checking out. Um, That's a pretty twisted take on a haunted house movie. Yeah, um, it's good. Yeah. It's a little bit different because it's not just the ghost. Sure, sure. Um, the Omen, of course, again, like you, not the most religious of person, but yeah. somehow the good versus evil aspect. The Omen is more entertaining to me than The Exorcist. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm not a huge, huge fan of either, but The Omen to me is leaps and bounds above The Exorcist in terms of actually producing fright. Yeah. Uh, Suspiria, one of the actually, it's still the only Argento movie I've ever seen. Okay, I've made it a point to watch all the rest, but the whole, uh, you know, the whole filmed in Technicolor, where where really the lighting set the the tone for each scene. Sure, sure. Is the the blue, the the red, the uh, the green lights. Um, you know, it was a very it was a very thrilling movie for the first time that I saw that. Okay. Um, and I'd have to say I don't know if you've seen this one, but uh. Another one that I'd kind of forgotten about, which is uh, one of my favorites, is Black Christmas. It's got all of the the joy of Christmas and, and Halloween in a horror movie. I mean, most people will say Silent Night, Deadly Night, having probably not seen that one either. Yeah. Um, but Black Christmas is probably one of the most you know psychological, uh, like most freaked out movies I, I've seen in a while. Just uh, oh, go ahead. I was just say I I enjoyed that movie more as watching the thing that would become something else by someone else. Like there's elements of that that are in Halloween and it's definitely the first, one of the first slasher movies and you can see all of the bones of what slasher movies would become in that. Uh, I didn't find it a lot of, I didn't personally find a lot of scare in it, but it was as a fan of the genre, something really cool to watch um, just to watch that, the formation of that, that, you know, it's the first one to climb out of the ooze, if you would, and start to walk on land. But the coolest scene in that whole movie is one that is just a technology thing. Uh, Early phone switchboards were these miraculous looking pieces of analog technology that are just cool. Like I, I, it's just a very interesting tech and they're tracing a phone line and it required a guy running through and following these switches as they flipped. And it was really cool to build tension of a scene of a guy literally running down hallways that all look the same, but just watch these things go click 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 click. yeah it's it's a really brilliantly shot scene and it's cool that you see this piece of tech that just doesn't i'm sure it doesn't exist anymore it's one that i've never actually seen it's 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 one i've never actually seen or it's one that's uh 
on my list of things to watch. Uh, interestingly enough, I think, uh, and it was a precursor to Halloween. I think it's a, one of the first that had the uh, uh, POV. The, the POV yeah. from the killers. Uh, the, the killers POV also directed by Bob, Bob Clark. Clark. That's right. Who would, get, uh, who would go on to <laughs> a Christmas, to story. Christmas story? That's right. That's right. Um, the only one we didn't touch on that I would add to the list, uh, all-time favorites, uh, John Carpenter's version of The Thing. The 50s one is also an excellent movie and holds up wonderfully. I, I think it's uh, it's a movie that's worth visiting if you like it, but Carpenter's is one of those just uh, uh, linchpins or turning points for a genre where it's like, oh, we can do that now? And had not been done before. You have this awesome, awesome creature effects, these incredibly complex things that they built for real and didn't just make in a computer and uh really tense really good acting by kurt russell who you know he, i always say that like certain movies actors are above their ability some people sometimes you act above your ability in a movie kurt russell's a decent actor but he is way better in the thing than anything else he's ever been in his career he, he just he he's an a-level actor in that movie and he's not that i don't like kurt russell i enjoy a lot of his movies but kurt russell in the thing is a completely different kurt russell than i think in anything personally than in any of his other stuff i think that's his one out of the out of his out of his mind performance i would add the, since we're we're going around doing the the only thing that was left on my list, and and I'll I'll just do this to bring you both down, <laughs> uh, because I know that neither one of you are Tim Burton fans, but the other one that Not I have fan. to watch every year is uh, the Tim Burton version of Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp and okay. the Headless Horseman. It just, um, I think he really creates a, a a very like crisp autumn atmosphere. Obviously, that story lends itself to that. That's a you know. Um, um, so, so that was the, uh, the the fifth on my list. And there's no white face Johnny Depp in that. That's pre white face Depp, is it? That that, that is that is uh, uh, that 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 is Johnny Depp right off of the. Uh, uh, that was bef- I think that was prior to the success of Pirates of the oh, Caribbean. Oh, well before, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sleepy Hollow is like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I would echo the same about um, the thing, but that was one of the primary reasons. I mean, I I didn't want to get into the whole sci-fi horror genre because I was toying with bringing up Alien, but I was like, uh, as uh, much Alien, as that's one of my favorites and, and The Thing, both, yeah. but I was like, let me keep it more on just I the, think uh, The Thing is more of a horror movie than Alien is, which might sound crazy. But the, the, the Alien is a very scary science fiction movie to me. The Thing is a horror movie with sci-fi elements. That's just my personal well, designation. Yeah, the, thing is, the, the, the Thing is based, uh, is grounded on Earth, whereas yeah. Aliens is... Uh, yeah, I mean they're both they're both sci-fi horror. I, sure. I mean that's but my my two cents is that I feel like the thing is more of a outright horror movie and built created as a horror movie, whereas Alien has a very cool sci-fi story to tell that also has a little bit. Although I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I wouldn't listen to arguments the other way too. I think they're both very solid. Either of them is a solid choice to to watch with the lights off if you if uh, you're looking for a little sci-fi in your horror drink this e- this year. So I think that's it. Did we get them all? We got them all in. We're gonna do a four-hour podcast, folks. Strap in because there's another two and a half hours coming your way. It's time to touch on the Peanuts Halloween special. <laughs> Nobody's brought up Return of Swamp Thing yet. Well. <laughs> You just wait. You think we're out of heart movies. Just you wait. Oh, we've already talked about shit you've never heard of. Here's shit that's not even real. What was it? What do you want to add? Then, I'm, I'm, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought okay. you were going <laughs> to touch on the okay. early 90s horror of Candyman and Dr. Giggles and Hellraiser 3, which we didn't get into. Yes, exactly. Uh, thank you both very much for uh, coming on. This was fun. I uh, appreciate it. Thanks, thank Nathan. Thanks, Matt. Uh, uh, 
Don't forget to check out that audibletrial.com slash adventurepants. Help me out, help the show out, and put a little bit of coin in my pocket. And thanks for listening. I'm hoping to get uh, a regular-ish schedule back for the show sometime soon. But uh, if not, in the meantime, we'll be doing periodic updates. So be sure to keep your subscriptions active. And remember, folks, whatever you do, wherever you go, when you adventure, don't forget your adventure pants.